0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. There's so much going on. God is doing greater things, amen? Amen. But not just greater things collectively, but how many of you believe in greater things for yourself? God has his eye on you. Psalm Psalm 12, I believe it is, says that you are the apple of God's eye. God has his eye on you. He has his hand upon you. He has greater things for you. Amen? Amen. Online, God has greater things for you. And I I wanna open up our Bibles, if you have your Bible, open up to Hebrews chapter 12. And I hope that you came to church and I hope that you come to church Sundays, Tuesdays, online, Looking with your eyes open, expecting greater things. Expecting God to show you what those greater things are. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so, wait. Expecting what those greater things are. Amen? Amen. That's better. The, The church of Jesus Christ should be the most lively, energetic place on earth. Amen? Do we believe that? Did Jesus rise from the dead? Amen. Come on. Come on. Jesus, you're good. God, we're so glad to be in your house. The, the house of God, I don't mean just this place, but the house of God, church, is a special place. Amen? Yes, amen. Think about your life without it. You know, I even, I, I, uh, I ran into somebody in the hall, a friend of mine, and, and I was, I, I said hi to him, and then I kept walking, and I thought about the fact that if it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't know him. If it wasn't for Jesus, who wouldn't you know that adds so much value to your life? Amen? Amen. God Amen. knows that. God sees that. God brings us together. It's so good to be in God's house. Amen. And so I want to open to Hebrews chapter 12. And, uh, and you know, yesterday, um, I'm getting married in six weeks. Woo-hoo. It is... I said it in the first service, I think it's 48 days. It might be 47, Um, but my fiance's not here right now, so we're just gonna, shh, it's one of those. We're gonna say 47 and a half, right? Um, And uh, and so as part of that, yesterday, I was with some of my groomsmen, uh, some guys I grew up with, and some guys from here, some guys I grew up with, and two of them were in a conversation, I overheard their conversation, and one of the guys in the conversation, uh, he's a big runner. Anybody here a runner? Not, okay. If, listen, there's no, you're not, I'm not going to put you through a test. You're not going to have to do a six minute mile. If you like have running shoes, you can consider yourself a, run, a runner. Anybody, if you've run after an elevator this week, you, th- there you go. Okay, there we go. There we go. Well, everyone here is gonna be a runner by the end of the message, okay? Yeah. The, amen. There we amen. go. There we go. We, we're, we are the running team of, of Chicago. We're just gonna say Chicago. Um, so, my friend is a, is a big runner, and he ran the marathon last year. He's running it again. Um, I'll get, uh, even yesterday morning before we were all together, I got, he posted on one of our group chats that he had done 12 miles that morning, just a subtle flex, you know, where I'm like, I've I've barely made it downstairs. Uh, And he, so he's a a big runner. He joined a gym that is like specifically for runners. Um, So they all cheer each other on. They all root each other on. And he, he, And then I have, like, um, on my Apple Watch, I'll get notifications sometimes that he ran, like, a six-minute, or uh, that he ran, like, six miles, but the notification will come at, like, 5.15 a.m. And, um, and so, yeah, what? I, he has two kids, he has a wife, he has a, he has a job, he has a full life. And still, he's waking up at like 4 a.m. to do six miles because I don't think there's a way that you can hack Apple to like say that you did that. Um, but if he did, he's a lot smarter than I give him credit for. But he, so he's really into running, right? right? So another one of our friends, he's like, he's like, hey, you're so into running, like I see, I see what you're doing. Tell me how this started. And so he, he starts to tell him how it started. He says, uh, when, when quarantine hit, I started doing this. And, uh, and I joined this gym. And now I'm doing this, this, this. Here are my goals. And then he started to say, and so here's what you should do. You should do this, this. And then my, my other friend stopped him and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I think you misunderstood me. I don't want to be a runner. <laughs> he said, like, I just wanted to know how you got into it. But see, my, my friend who's a runner, he came with the assumption that, oh, you too should be a runner. And the same thing goes for us spiritually. See, he, he thought, oh, you too should be a runner. Well, the Bible says that we are runners. Everybody say, I'm a runner. Okay, so, so if I ask you, you know, next week, two weeks from now, whenever, Pastor Toledo asks you, do we have any runners in the house? Everybody's hands going up, right? Okay, so... Here's where I get that from. Hebrews 12, chapter 12, verse 1. Here's what the Bible says. As for us, we have this large crowd of witnesses around us. Let me let me pause there. I love this this half of a verse. We have this large crowd of witnesses around us. You know what that means? That means that all the saints that have come before us, they're in heaven. You know what they're doing? They're looking down and they're rooting us on, right? They are cheering you on. You know, I uh, when I was in high school, I played basketball, and to play basketball, we had to be on the cross country team. And to be on the cross country team, it's uh, it's it's just running. Like that's that's all it is. I didn't get it. I'm like, that's that's all we do. It's all you do. You run how far? Long. Uh, I had a friend, and uh, I had this. You know, so the running that we're going to talk about, it's long-distance running. The Bible says run the race with endurance. We'll get to that. And so cross-country is an endurance run. It's not a sprint. We had this one, one of my friends on the team, he, uh, he became, uh, he was on the basketball team, just joined cross-country. He became like one of the best cross-country runners in the state. Didn't look like the traditional build. But it was like his, the sprint speed that he would have in basketball was the same for a cross-country race. We were like, how are you so fast on this? And, and we joked, oh, he just thinks he's running from the cops. So he just, runs, he just runs miles and miles. That cross-country race, that we would run these races, and it seemed so aimless. Because you're running through, we would run through forests and there's nobody and there's nothing and you turn and it's the same tree over and over and over and you turn again, same tree. But then here's what would happen. Toward the end, you'd start to hear a little bit of the crowd, right? You start to hear them a little bit. You're like, oh, oh, uh, I don't know if I, if I like genuinely felt encouraged or I was like, I need to not look really bad in front of them. So I would speed up, right? Everybody would speed up at the end. And as you speed up at the end, you start to see them a little more. My, our school colors were, were red, and, red and white. And so I'd start to see this sea of red, people wearing their, their red sweatshirts. And I'd say, oh, those are my people. And I speed up a little more and speed up a little more. See, at the end of the race, people are cheering you on. What this means, as for us, we have this large crowd of witnesses around us. There are the witnesses that have come before us. They are looking down. They're saying, hey, run that race. Keep running. There might be hindrances. There might be stops. There might be obstacles, but keep running that race. They're looking down. They're They're saying, keep going. See, when we have a heavenly mindset, we have an eternal mindset, we're able to see the things. See, as we run, as you run a race, there's nobody on the sidelines, but you don't realize that at the end, there's people cheering you on and they're not cheering you on for a moment. There's the whole time they're cheering you on. There's a great cloud of witnesses cheering you on. Heaven's got your back today. So then let us rid ourselves of everything that gets in the way and of the sin which holds onto us so tightly and let us run with determination. Another translation says endurance, the race that lies before us. Everybody say the race. The race. Everybody say the race. the race. We're all runners, right? We're running the race. Then it says, let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. He did not give up because of the cross. On the contrary, because of the joy that was waiting for him, he thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross, and he is now seated at the right hand side of God's throne. Amen. So my friend who's a runner, I get these 5.15, I look at my my Apple Watch when I wake up and I see that he's run six miles before I've turned over in my bed. And I look and I say, man, that was from 5.15. So when did he wake up? And I imagine him waking up, setting an alarm, and him waking up and not saying, oh, it's time to wake up. You know what I imagine him saying? It's time to run. Why, because I'm a runner. It's time to run. Brothers and sisters, can I tell you something today? in your walk with Jesus, in your quest for fulfillment, for the mission and the purpose that God has for you, it is time to run. Amen. Amen. Is it time to run for somebody? I feel like God today, he wants to quicken somebody. That he has a purpose for somebody here. That he has a mission for somebody online. That he has a vision for your life. He has supernatural fulfillment. He has things that he wants to draw out of your heart and he wants to bring into completion. And guess what? It is time to run. Yes. We, don't get the, we, don't, we don't walk in the, in the call of God, in the will of God, in the mission of God standing still. And we don't do it just just walking sloppily. No, we say, God, it is time to run. Guess where I'm going? I'm gonna run, and I'm gonna run to you. Amen. How do we do that? We keep our eyes fixed firmly upon Jesus. Amen. And I wanna, I just wanna go through two real quick things that you know, if I was a a coach at that runners' gym, these would be my two rules. These would be my two principles. How do we run this in this life of faith? How do we run this race? Number one, we run with the right stuff. What does that mean? That means that, in other words, we don't run with the wrong stuff. We don't carry things that we're not supposed to. We don't carry things that slow us down. Rid yourself of the things that get in the way of you running your race. My, I, I know I've heard runners say before, before they go to uh, bed at night, they'll set out their their shoes and their shorts and their shirt. Why? To rid themselves of any obstacle, of any distraction, of anything that's going to come in the way. Because they need to what? They need to run that race. If they're a runner, what are they doing? They got to get up and run. You and me, we're runners. We're going to get up and run. We're going to run in the call of God. Nothing in the way. The, um, it makes me think of, you know, it's springtime and a lot of people do what we call spring cleaning, time to purge, right? And I, uh, okay, honest moment, another secret here, this, this stays here, right? Between you and me, between you and me. I recently moved and, um, I'm moving into the place that my fiance will move into, and so uh, my stuff becomes her stuff, and she uh, uh, she she wants to throw a lot of my stuff out. <laughs> she wants to get rid of a lot of my stuff. She wants to make a lot of uh, Salvation Army runs as donations, and and every time I like, wait, 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 no, no, any box but that box, not not that box. And then the next time it's, no, no, any box, but that box, not that box. And uh, and and so she keeps wanting to get rid, and and here's the the reason I say it's a secret is because I know she's right. I know she's right. I just, I, I don't want to get rid of that. And then I don't want to get rid of that. And I like that shirt. When's the last time you wore it? Oh, uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Does it fit you? It doesn't matter. So... So when I moved, I was thinking, um, you know what would be good is if I purge this stuff before I move. Yeah. Um, but then the, the, the time to purge came, and I said, you know what? Future me will take care of that. Mm-hmm. And right now, future me is taking care of that because I could have saved myself a whole lot of moving hours, a whole lot of manpower, a whole lot of energy if I had purged before I moved. But guess what I did? I purged. I am purging after I moved. So what did that do? That caused a lot of headache. That caused things to go a lot slower. That, thing, that caused things to be a lot more complicated, a lot more energy. I was not able to do as much in a, in, a, in a small amount of time. It's just like running. Why would you run with things in your pocket that you don't need? Why would, why would you not purge ahead of time? So here's the thing. When we run, there's a purging that needs to take place. Are you running your race today? Do you want to run your race today? If you want to run your race today, you need to purge. And it's not a one-time thing. There needs to be a continual purging. The Spirit of God, we need to to let the Spirit of God into our hearts, into our minds continually. Say, God, I allow you to purge. Why? Because I want to run, and I want to run this race well. I'm not running for participation points. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, God, I want to run the best race. Now, I'm not comparing myself either. Amen. God says, run your race, not somebody Amen. else's Amen. race. Amen. But he says, hey, I want you to run your race as best as you can. Amen. So purge, to purge spiritually, is how I, this is how I would put it. It's to break the cycle of negative influence in your life. Because here's what happens. Wow we allow things to come into our lives and and it starts a cycle of influence. And then we get so used to it being there, right? I am so used to having those shirts in my closet that don't fit me, that it it, it hurts to let it go. But guess what? Once I let that go, I make room for something else. I I have more room for something else to be in there. So what does the Bible say? Hebrews says it, says, it says eliminate the sin that so easily entangles you. So purge what traps you. Eliminate what traps you. Amen. Eliminate the things that could have a hold on you. Amen. Eliminate the things that do have a hold on you and eliminate the things that can't. Amen. Sin will rob you of your race. Not eliminating, not fleeing from temptation will eliminate you from your race. Amen. It'll rob you of, of, of hearing that crowd at the end and crossing that finish line. It'll rob you of your purpose. It'll rob you of your destiny. It'll rob you of the mission and the vision that God has for your life. Amen. And then here's what happens when you... So number two, purge what traps you. Purge the sin. But then purge what weighs you down. Purge the distractions. Purge the things that slow you down. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was, um, I was traveling, and I had a, a long flight and then a layover. And I had a long layover, too. And so uh, you ever, like, you ever re- think, wow, I have, you ever see how much time you have for something? Like, wow, I have a lot of time. And then all of a sudden you look at the clock and I don't have a lot of time. Um, and what happened is I, is I landed, I said, oh, I have a lot of time. And I, uh, uh, I sat down, I kind of made myself at home in the airport and uh, may have fallen asleep a little bit and rested my eyes. And then I wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't have a lot of time. And so I had to, run, like, I had to, I was that crazy person in the airport just booking it, right? And I have a backpack, same backpack I use, like, for everywhere, everywhere I go, I have the same backpack. And it's not a big backpack, um, but sometimes I might carry a lot of stuff with me. And so, so I, I had this backpack, and I'm running, 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 I'm booking it. And then I get to the line, and then I have to wait in the line for a little bit. And I'm standing there, and I've, like, I've never felt this. But I'm like, I have to take my backpack off because my shoulders hurt. So then I take it off, and I'm holding it. And I'm like, why do my shoulders hurt so much? I get on the plane. I sit down. I'm like, man, my shoulders are killing me. And I didn't think about it. No lie. This morning, I'm looking for something in my backpack. And I'm looking in there, and I'm like, this place, this thing is not that big. But there's a treasure trove of junk in here. There, was, like, there were chargers for devices that I don't own. There was, a, there was a, a single, just one, a single flip-flop. I don't even remember bringing flip-flops with me. I don't remember the last time I wore a flip-flop. There was a single flip-flop in there. There were snacks from I don't know when. Was that, having those in there, is that sin? No, but it, it entangles me. It weighs me down. And guess what happened when I was carrying weight that I didn't need to carry? It slowed me down, but it also hurt me. Distractions, even ones that are not quote-unquote sinful, distractions distractions for your life that are things that are supposed to be part of somebody else's life, not for your life, they will hurt you and they will slow you down. Why will they hurt you? Because they are not aligned with God's will for your life. It makes me, the best example of this is from a TV show called Hoarders. I don't know if you've seen this show. Um, I don't know what channel it is it's on, but if there is a, uh, f- like a, a, a television channel that is meant to inst- instill fear in us, this is it. Because I see this, I, I watched a clip, I see this image, and it is frightening. Take a look at this. This is someone's home. Now, now here's, here's what I want you to see. The lunacy, the craziness, the chaos of this moment is obvious, right? Yeah, whoa. Like this is, that's a lot. But here's what's not obvious. Here's what's not obvious. Sometimes our hearts and our minds can look like this. We, we, put out, we have an appearance, and we look, we look all right. And we might feel all right for a moment. Yeah. But inside, if we're, if we're honest with ourselves, I want you to be honest with yourself for a moment. Take a look in the, in the mental and the emotional mirror. Yes. When has your mind or your heart been like this? Is it like this now? Because here's what happens. It gets like that, and then you get so used to it. The thing that stuck out when I, when, I, when I saw a clip of this show is how used to people, how used to things people get with things. Yeah. How used to chaos, how used to, to distractions. These, these are distractions. How do you use your kitchen like this? You lose your purpose. You lose your mission. You lose the fulfillment that God wants for your life when your heart and your mind are full of chaos like this. And here's the thing. There could be beautiful, rare treasures in here. But nobody knows. Here's the thing for you and me. There are things, even if your mind or your heart is cluttered like this, don't be discouraged today. God can give you clarity. God can remove those things. God can help you purge those things. And there is something beautiful in your heart that God wants to pull out and bring to fulfillment. He wants to take all of the junk out so that he can get to the thing that matters. Amen. Sometimes we hold on to things we're supposed to release them. We become experts at holding on to things. We become like Velcro. Our minds and our hearts—they just grab things. They grab. They grab pieces of of pain and of hurt that we've had they they grab conversations that the lord wants us wants to release us from they grab they grab regrets from our lives and and, and the enemy tries to bring them back. And sometimes what happens, I want you to be on guard. The Bible says, be on guard against the enemy. The enemy will try to bring up moments. He will try to bring up things from your past. He will try to bring up things. He'll try to get you to think, oh, so-and-so thinks this about me when that person hasn't even thought about you. He will try to bring things into your mind, into your heart to, to lodge them there and stick them there. They have no business being there. They've come from nowhere. They're just clouding the mission, the purpose, and the fulfillment that God has. Release them in the name of Jesus. The only thing that you need is you need to run with the right stuff. And and being a Christian, part of the blessed life, part of the, the abundant life, is we can run free and we can run light. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But guess what? Sometimes we feel like it's not easy or it's not light because we carry yokes and burdens that we have no, that we have no business carrying. Amen. Release them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Here's the other thing. And then I'll, I'll close in just a moment. But once we, once we learn how to run with the right stuff, and really what that means is running not with the wrong stuff, Mm -hmm. then we have to run in the right direction. You see, sometimes we get so obsessed with speed over direction. See, I have this problem, um, and I'm sorry, today has become me uh, giving you my problems. (laughs) I have this problem and it's kind of, uh, it's kind of layered. So uh, I, uh, when I say sometimes we get caught up with speed over direction, I'm preaching to myself because I will, what will happen is I will leave a place um, and I'll be in the present, I'll be in the moment in that place, but then once it's time to go, I'm thinking about the next place that I need to go. And so what I will do is I will get in my car and just start driving. And I'll say, oh, I'll figure out the directions on the way. Oh, wow. Now, if I'm in the city limits, right, if I'm like east of Harlem and south of, of Peterson, if I'm, if I'm in the city limits, if, if it's 6.06, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. Once I get outside of 6.06, it is a problem. Yeah. And what I start to do is I will just, but I, but I have an irrational confidence about me that I will, that I will be going in the right direction. And then I will figure it out on the way. And guess what? I will not be going in the right direction. And I will not be figuring it out along the way without GPS. And so I will start to drive. I'll Just like, I got to get moving. I'm going in the right direction. And then five minutes, ten minutes along the way, I'll, look, I'll say, oh, let me just make sure I'm going in the right way. And then I'll look it up. And no, I've gone in the wrong way. I've gone in the wrong direction. Jesus says, Don't get caught up with speed. Don't be in a rush for my will. Be focused on me. The Bible says, keep your eyes fixed firmly upon him. Right direction over speed. You see, I don't know if you've, uh, I'm sure everybody here at one time or another, you've ridden the L here in Chicago um, or maybe the subway in New York. And what happens is you'll be riding and as long as you're confident that you're on the right track, right? If you're on the blue line and you know you're going downtown, if you're on the the red line and you know you're going out south, if you're confident that you're on the right track, the stops don't rattle you. They don't bother you. But if you're not confident about where you're going, a stop will come up and you'll start to look out the window. You'll say, maybe I should get on that train. And so before you know it, you've been taking the red line downtown, but then you're jumping on the purple line and you're going to Evanston, you have no clue why. See, in the kingdom, if we're not confident about where we're going, if our eyes are not fixed firmly upon Jesus, the author and finisher, of our faith, then the stops rattle us and the stops rattle us and we get out and we say, oh, I'm going to jump on this one and I'm going to jump on this one. And before we know it, we're on the wrong track and we don't know where we got tripped up. Can I tell you something today? The speed might not be as fast as you want. There might, be, there might be stops, and Jesus might pause you at certain times and say, slow down. I've got this for you. Slow down. I've got this for you. Slow down. This is in my timing. But along the way, if you keep your eyes on him, you are going to reach, you're going to experience the fullness of God. The abundant life is going to be in your life. But it's God's direction, and then he figures out the timing. He figures it out. It's not you or me. So here's what I, I just, I wanna talk about one more thing and then we're gonna close. The singers could come. But when you're in the right direction, you're pursuing without chasing. For somebody today, the word of the Lord is pursue me, God says. Don't chase after everything else that you think that you need. Amen. You see, so many times, we say, God, I want your will. But then when it comes down to the brass tacks, we say, oh, this shortcut, this instant gratification wow. is gonna do. God, I want the, the right person for my life. But then, you know what? This one, this, this relationship seems easier. Wow. God, I want the, um, I know the, the career opportunity that you have for my life. But then a shortcut comes and we say, you know what, I'm gonna do this. Wow. Some of you, God has called you to do something greater than what you're doing, a, 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 perhaps a ministry post or, or, or a new job or some, or, or to serve a family member. And, and then you're waiting on that and you're praying into that. And then something easier comes along the way. And that instant gratification, that quick shortcut, you don't realize, but you've gotten off of the track. Wow. You got off at the stop and then you got in a, in a train going the other direction. Wow. Today, God wants to reset our direction. He wants to reset our focus.